Hello and welcome to Talking Dad UK, the podcast where we discuss all things dad. You can follow the podcast at Talking Dad UK One on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Talking Dad UK on YouTube. Talking Dad UK at gmail.com. If you want to contact the podcast, interested in becoming a guest, got any stories to share with us, or some feedback, you can support the podcast at Talking Dad UK at Kofi.com where you'll see some short blog posts that are only available on the Kofi page. Um, you can support the podcast, some small donations, one-off donations. It'll be much appreciated in helping improve the podcast in the future. All the links will be in the show notes. I hope you enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not too bad. Keep Keeping on, you know, as everyone is, I suppose. Yeah, good. It's uh, yeah, not too bad. Um, pretty uh, pretty well exhausted, but uh, yeah, I was going to say, is this the fir- am I the first uh, recording post? Uh, no, ah, <laughs> unfortunately for you. <laughs> now I uh, I did have a chat with uh, somebody last week. Um, we had Dad's delicious dinners on. Um, oh. Last week, which is which is pretty much edited and ready to go. I just need to add my intro, so that'll be. Probably coming out this weekend before I end up going back to work on Monday. I mean, by the time anybody hears this, it will be out anyway. So. Oh yeah, it'll be. <laughs> we'll be a few weeks in, won't we? Yeah, that's it. See, that's what um, that's what I've noticed with um, yours, your podcast. Um, I can tell when I listen to it. Yeah, quite, quite a few of them have been recorded way back. Definitely, um, yeah. <laughs> Whereas mine have been, because I haven't had an array of guests to sort of bulk record and, and release type of thing, it's been sort of fortnight by fortnight. So it's not taken me too long between yeah. between recording and, and releasing. So but, um, good news and just started picking up a little bit in terms of guests. So I've got a few things booked in. That's good then. Yeah. So hopefully there'll be a bit more. I don't know if I'll re- release them more regularly. Um, because I think a fortnight's is because it's because it's, it's time consuming, isn't it? Editing yeah. and getting them out. I don't want to set myself up to weekly and then struggle. Well, I was gonna, like the best thing with your podcast is it's a bit like ours in the fact of like there's nothing really um, like current events or anything like that in there. Yeah. So you haven't got to like record it and release it that week. Like if you were doing like a football podcast or a. Yeah, you know, a sports or a news or something like that. You know, you have to kind of get it done and get it out. Whereas with this, you can, you know, if you have a great week where you can record three people or something, I don't know. Yeah, then that's brilliant because that'll set you up then for like six weeks later on or you know whatever like that. Yeah, that's it. It must be a bit of a, a nightmare to schedule and record weekly, and, and you've got to get it out for a certain time because, I mean, so, some of my episodes I've recorded and next day I've been editing and it's been ready to go for just sat there for a week. I just didn't want to set it yeah. out too soon you know what I mean but others have been oh shit I'm nearly two weeks from my last one I really need to edit that <laughs> I think I had it with one of our last ones is because uh some of them I don't edit Liam previous guest of your podcast he yeah. edits them and uh some of the ones he's been editing and then he'll send over to me I'll do like a quick proof proof listen before I upload it and I'll be proof listening to it 10 minutes before it's got to go out. And yeah. Just, you know, because I try and get it out every sort of time, every same time, every fortnight. But, but yeah, it's, it's just getting down to that, getting down to the wire a little bit. 
Yeah. I know like I think it's um I think it's the longer the episode is, yeah, the, the longer it takes me to edit it, obviously because of the time, but also yeah. because I'm I always think to myself, oh, it's I've got to sit through two hours to edit it to get it down. So you put and it off a bit more. I put it off, yeah. Um whereas if I've just done like an hour's recording, I know I haven't got that much to edit out or it just for for some reason it just feels easier to me to just jump on and do that one quicker. Yeah, that makes sense. I say that as a fellow procrastinator as well. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Although I find myself wanting to do this a bit more than I do any other sort of jobs I've got to do. <laughs> <laughs> is that because you're choosing to do this one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. <laughs> so my actual job I don't really want to do. I don't want to sit at a computer all day or yeah. jobs around the house I don't really want to do because I can't be <laughs> yeah, asked. Exactly. Whereas uh, this, I don't mind jumping on. Sit, having a, sitting down and talking to people. Yeah, having a, having a drink and catching up with people. Um, even the editing I don't mind doing, sitting there, lot sort of, late at night on my own and just plod plod along and edit it all out what I have tried to do stupidly I've tried to start edits at like two in the afternoon or or one in the afternoon right and and they've dragged on and then it's been time to pick my son up from school and I've had to try and either leave it hoping that I could just come back to it or save it and come back to it I find I find that even more difficult to come back to it because you're not in that same mindset then. Yeah, from where I was up to and where I left it. Or my laptop sometimes does this stupid thing where sometimes it'll be absolutely fine if you leave it for 10 minutes or so, you just come back to it and it'll work fine. Other times, it'll just, like it goes into a screensaver mode, which I've tried to turn off. I'm obviously right. I'm obviously not turning the right setting off, but it'll go into a blank black screen. The, the lights will still be on, but it'll go on a black screen. And no matter what I do, what button I press, move the mouse, it won't come back on. Sounds annoying. So I have to turn it off at the switch, basically. If yeah. only I was going to say, if only you knew anybody like who worked with computers for a living who could help you out there. But well, I, I don't know anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a HP problem? Cool. I don't know. So what? What? Can, la- I mean, my last problem, my last uh, laptop used to do it. And that was a HP. Weird. I've turned the screensaver settings off and or I've set them to like kick in after an hour, yeah, which I'm yeah, never yeah. away for for an hour for really. So but like sometimes it'll be fine and it'll still be on the screen where I left it. Other times I'll come back and it'll be on black screen, just looks like a screensaver. Usually you just move your mouse and it comes back on, doesn't it? Yeah. But it'll you just... try pressing the pressing the power button. I've I I have to press the power button to turn it off. I've tried. Oh, right. okay. I've, I've tried just like one clicking it to see if that'll sort of snap it out of its sleep mode, but it doesn't yeah. do anything. No, it doesn't do anything. I have no idea why it is. I thought it was a HP fucking, you know, issue, yeah. but um, I don't know. I don't know to be honest with you. Anyway, yeah, we're not really here to talk about IT support, are we? <laughs> Fortunately, <laughs> not. No, <laughs> we're uh, third episode in of talking music. We're doing. Yeah, not really well suited to your main podcast idea but i'm all right for the for the spin-off yeah well as i said on the last one it's um like warren came on and he was a bit he was a bit worried because he said i haven't got any kids i'm just a dad to two bulldogs um but at the end of the day i'm the talking dad aren't i yeah so, that's fair yeah um, you are the eponymous yeah so that with that night you asked me um how i'm doing and invariably i tell you about 
sleepless nights and being a dad. Yeah, putting the other one to bed while I'm holding the baby and trying to get the laptop <laughs> on so I can come and speak to you. So it's all still there. Yeah, that's um, fair. We're still on brand. Yeah, and we're we're still setting this up and getting the chat going, aren't we? It's that's what it's about ultimately. Um, Very true. But the music side of it is, you know, big big part of my life and as a bit of a dad life. I, th- I, th- I think what else when kids start arriving and things, what else do you have left other than sort of music and, and that, that really it's uh, yeah, yeah, TV, TV gets taken over fairly rapidly. Doesn't it? When, <laughs> when, you, when the kids arrive, when they start watching telly, it's Paw Patrol and Peppa Pig all bloody day. So yeah, I can't, can't really relate on that one either. So no, but fair um, enough. I mean, the one thing I try not to give up is my music, even in the car. <laughs> so, the thing is you can get away with it can't you with music yeah yeah um so i mean there's been a couple of times where i've had to put a couple of um Paw patrol songs on the playlist in the car just to keep him happy in the back oh you know but generally he bobs his head and likes what i play yeah i, I can ima- I, I can imagine that try and keep the explicit songs to a minimum but it can't always be helped <laughs> oh yeah that's it <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, third talking dad, uh, talking music episode, yeah. and um, slightly different. We had a little bit of fun with this one. We both um, both picked an album um, yeah. of, a, of a band or artist that, that we ourselves listen to and like, and we did a swap. Yeah, to the other person who hadn't heard much of them or any of them. And uh, we we had a couple of days to listen to that album and make some notes and take some thoughts down, and we're going to discuss it in a little bit and have a little yeah. bit bit of a review and a reaction to what what we what we thought of it basically. Um, yeah, the, the first album swap. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a strange thing, isn't it? Give it give it like recommending your music to somebody. It's it's an odd thing because you want them to like it because you like it. Yeah. But then at the same time, you don't want them to turn around and go, what was that absolute shit you wanted to listen to? <laughs> I mean, fortunately, you know, I think we like each other probably enough that we're not going to say that anyway. But... <laughs> it is a worry though, isn't it? I mean, like, yeah. not, not everybody well, likes the same shit, do they? I mean, we I mean, like... That's, that's the thing. Yeah, so like with... I feel like with films or with TV shows, you know, people can like different things, you know, shells big into a rom-coms and stuff like that or yeah. and you know but if you get like a really i'm not generally a big rom-com fan but if you get a really good rom-com i'm probably yeah. gonna like it you yeah. know or if you get like a really good sort of crime film or whatever i'm into then i think she'll probably like it as well as long as it's you know within a few sort of roughly the same music is so subjective i find yeah that like some stuff that there's a guy at work who i talked to and like uh he's kind of really into like a lot of like shoegaze stuff and my bloody Valentine and that kind of thing. And yeah. I listen to it and I'm like, I would rather like bash my own head in than listen to this, to be honest. <laughs> but it's, and he, but he really likes it. And he's just, well, I can't say anything. You know, that's his favorite music. I can't. No, it's, that's obviously, it. it's obviously gotta be because they've sold millions and hundreds of millions of records worldwide and that over the years. So it's still a valid form of music. You know, it's still, People have, there's people out there and people listen to all sorts, don't they? So I think, and as we sort of touched on on the last episode of it, of, of this, um, I've got sort of fairly eclectic taste. Yeah. And uh, 
I do sort of listen to a bit of everything. So maybe not as much new stuff, but yeah, certainly older stuff. The genres have, have crossed over a lot. And uh, we like similar bands and similar music. We've been to gigs together. We've done festivals together and stuff, haven't we? So Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, but then we also have our own... Very sort of yeah. different niches, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so shall we do some of the regular talking music conversation first and then we'll jump over to the, the reviews sure. and what we thought, yeah? Yeah, um, sure. Okay. So music for you then, where does that start? What was the first sort of music you were listening to, first album you I bought, mean, if you can remember, or gig? So... We're, I mean, my music taste, and this kind of ties into what you were talking about before, is almost entirely, at least originates from my dad. It's yeah. from him playing the songs in the car to me when I was, it's that same thing of like, and I can still remember, it's like a heap of songs that I don't really know that much about, but I know them because my dad played them to me when I was growing up and stuff. And yeah, that was his music and that's kind of gone from there then. So that's basically my introduction. Um in terms of first album I ever bought, what was the first album I ever bought? I remember the first single I ever bought. Yeah. Were like with my own money kind what of was thing. That? Uh, Praise You by Fatboy Slim. Nice. Which is not too bad, I don't think. Because I know like a lot of these, because I think it was my first album possibly could have been the PJ and Duncan album. Okay. Which is far more embarrassing, isn't it? So... But it's I'll, lead, you, I'll lead off with the fat boy slim. Bit. It's what you expect someone to say, isn't it? Exactly. Because I would have been like, how old were eight, you? Eight or nine, probably. Yeah. If that. So, so saying you bought fat boy slim single is uh, it's pretty good going. You, I think I only like that because it had a good video as well. To be fair, but do you remember that you like you could buy that? It was a thinner CD cases, but it was just yeah. had it just had the single on it and a B side, maybe three tracks on it. Yeah, and usually you usually be lucky if you had a B side because it'd be the same but a different edit or yeah. something, yeah, something like that. A remix of it or something. A remix, yeah. Or instrumental. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was it. That was the that was the CD that I got of uh, of Praise You was like that, yeah. yeah. Like I say, the thinner, thinner case and everything. As as I got older, they were always a bastard to store because they didn't fit. If you ever bought a CD rack, they were the perfect size for the thicker cases and the small ones, the thin ones never fit in properly. Can you not get two in? You could, you could have to squeeze a two in. So you I couldn't get them back out. But you can no, get yeah, two in. I had to do <laughs> you squeeze two in, but only with the ones that I wasn't massive fan of. The other ones I kept to one side because I didn't want to damage the disc in any way yeah. by squeezing it in. But, yeah, that's fair. Um, I've still got that CD rack in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> so that might make an appearance one day when I finally get around to sorting things out. I've got a bag of CDs in that somewhere. I've got a bag of CDs under the. Under the stairs. Have you got a mic? No, I haven't got a CD player. I've got yeah. a DVD player. I've got my Xbox. That could probably yeah. play it. But, yeah, uh, I'm the same. But yeah, it's like, I've got, a, and I think we put them in the bag under the stairs because we're like, oh, we'll take them to the charity shop and I just never got around to it. And I look yeah. at them and I'm go, oh, these are really cool. I should listen to these again. And then I'll open up Spotify and listen to them that way. Yeah, because you've, you've re-downloaded them all there anyway, haven't you? Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's exactly what I've done. It is a shame. All that money and time you spent though looking for the looking for the album and wandering Locked around. In. Yeah. Some of them I've I bought like 
I've, I remember buying them from like overseas and stuff. So I've pay, probably paid through the nose to get them as well. Yeah. I've, I've looked even on Amazon recently to try and buy a couple of albums that I've been listening to and downloaded, but um, I've not bought anything of that artist or band for a while. So I just wanted to you know, give them a bit of money, basically. Yeah. Not even available to buy on CD. Nothing on Amazon. A, yeah, that's a, download that's a sad, it. Sad indictment that is, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could you could get the vinyl, but you're looking at fifty odd quid. I didn't want to give. I didn't want to give them yeah. that much money. <laughs> I've uh, I've had that same thing recently of like some bands that I'm like, oh, I've not, you know, I've obviously not been able to go and see anybody in the last year because no yeah. one has. But I've not seen them for God knows how long, or they've not been touring over here. But you know, I still want to support them and everything. So I'm like. Oh well, maybe I'll just buy a T-shirt or something like that. Then that's been my sort of go-to now. I think. Yeah, feels like it's probably a better use of my money than buying a CD that I can't play anyway. A lot of my, a lot of things I buy in terms of T-shirts is probably band merch. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, almost all of it's band merch, but the few, a few like martial arts T-shirts or something. <laughs> right. Yeah, that I haven't been able to wear to go there, so I've just been wearing it as a normal T-shirt. That's yeah, what it enough. is. That's what it is. But <laughs> uh, just their brand stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's mainly band related or music related. Some of it is. I don't. I don't look at it as inappropriate because it's just a band to me. It's a band logo or whatever. But okay. <laughs> there's a few times where I've worn different. Like um, Phil Campbell, that was in Motorhead, the guitarist. Yeah. He started a band up with his sons, and uh, it's called Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons. Right, yeah. So I bought that T-shirt because I like that band, but it just says Phil Campbell and the Bastard Sons on the front of it, <laughs> with a big skull with a beard. Yeah, it's just a band to me. I just wear it. Went to a kid's well, birthday party in it. Oh dear, had a few looks. <laughs> <laughs> that went down well. I didn't even realise. Well, no, I suppose you wouldn't really, would you? It's just just a, uh... just a band. <laughs> As you said, I've got a, I've got quite a good story about that, similar to that actually is when I was, I must have been 10, maybe 11, because I'm sure I was still in primary school. And uh, I got a, a bright yellow uh, Buzzcocks T-shirt. Yeah. And it had Orgasm Addict written on it. <laughs> nice. And I was like, I was determined that I was going to wear it like on the next dress down there. And I think I ended up getting overruled. I don't think I ever ended up taking it in, but... <laughs> My mum probably stepped in and was like, no, this is not a good idea. Yeah. You've got a sister, so your dad, uh, I'm sure, has done what all dads do when the, the daughter's going out dressed up. and You're not wearing that. You're not allowed out in that. Yeah. Yes. This, this, just... this, this was your mum at the door. Yeah. You, you're not turned to get it back, yeah. <laughs> you're not leaving the house with that on. Yeah. At least not to school. <laughs> I think that was it, yeah. Yeah. You can well, get away with it in some places, but yeah. you can't. I'll take you around Asda in it, but you're not allowed to school. Yeah. <laughs> um, so when you say about your music taste and your first yep. forays into music through your dad, what genre are we looking at? What sort of bands? So my dad's big on to his punk because that was like his thing growing up. Yeah. And he sort of followed it and throughout. You've got, it kind of gets more into a scar stuff as well. Yeah. Um, and it's going to surprise like, anybody who's ever met me knows that is exactly what I'm into as well. It kind of, I just followed his taste completely there. Um, my first, my first gig, I'm always, it's always a pretty good one, I think, because that was uh, some 41. That's a good gig. That's a good first yeah, gig. I, th I think I was only about 11 for that as well. 
I quickly outgrew the PJ and Duncan phase, I'll be honest. That was fair. Liam had a good first gig as well. I think he said it was Offspring. Oh, yeah, yeah that's a pretty good one. I've only ever seen Offspring at a festival. Good first gigs, then. Offspring are a weird band for me because I get I get the Sum 41, Blink-182, who else was there? Then mainly. Uh, Green Day, I guess, would have been. I didn't really touch much upon Green Day. No? Um, no. But I, I guess them two, really, I, yeah. I sort of had the interest in first. I've got an older cousin, and he was a yeah. massive Offspring fan. Now, as a, as a kid or as a younger teen, I didn't really get Offspring. I didn't, I didn't, just didn't get it. Right. And then obviously I was listening to them other two bands, so I didn't need it. I didn't, you know what I mean, at the time. But going back and listening to it now, yeah, I, I love the Offspring, Ace Band. Yeah, the Offspring. I suppose I see what you mean in terms of like when we were of of that age. I guess that uh, Blink One Eight Two and Sum Forty One were kind of coming out then, because I feel like Green Day and Offspring and that were slightly before, earlier nineties. Yeah, yeah. I think they were one of them. Because they were one of them that I kind of got in. It's like obviously, like like you say, Sum Forty One would have been my first kind of getting into it myself. And then yeah. after that, it was oh, I'll go back and I'll listen to Green Day. And that's probably my music taste in general has been, oh, I'll just look, I'll look back, I'll see what is there is there. And which is, I've never really been one for modern music, which yeah, is weird considering the amount, you know, the amount of live gigs you end up going to and stuff, which is, but, uh, but yeah, generally, and, and it's, it's got worse as I've got older as well. Do you find yourself as you get older, you're more open to new music and listening to new stuff, or are you just completely... I'd, I'd just go back and listen to, right, I like Sum 41, but who was Sum 41 listening to when they were starting? I'll go and listen to them. So you go backwards rather than listening to new stuff. Um, A little bit of both in a way. I, yeah. I, don't, I don't want to say new stuff because um, I couldn't tell you most new artists nowadays. I'm, I'm yeah. pretty pretty bad on that. But like, I do definitely, I have gone back and like, you know, looked into oh they influenced them or that or that track that I really like by that person. No, it's actually a cover of this yeah. other band's what so like example being in that that first gig of some 41, a real big fish were one of the support acts. Yeah. Or a band I've gone on to love and I've gone on to see hundreds of times. And they did a version of uh Monkey Man, which is yeah. quite a well known song. And then I go, oh well that's a cover of like a special song. And I go, actually it's a cover of Toots and the Matal song before that even. So it, yeah. you end up all of a sudden you're back in the 60s and you go, okay, now I've got all this music I can listen to as well. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what I did with uh, Metallica Motorhead. Yeah. And then ever you listen to any interviews of Lemmy talking about music and his influences, it's all old school rock and roll. He's talking about Jerry Lee Lewis, Elvis. Yeah. Little Richard, so you just start going back and listening to that. Well, if if that if that band listened to that, and I really like that band, then I must like that older yeah, stuff. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's the kind yeah, of where yeah. I went, and I, I went down a bit of a rabbit hole with it for quite a while. Um, I probably don't listen to it all as much now. Kind of picked out the bits I wanted and move on. Uh, yeah. That's that's what I've done a lot. Like I say, a lot of uh, a lot of the ones now. I'll go back and I'll just go. Well, I know them five, and if I stick that with five from a bit more recent and five from 
this yeah. time and that time. And then all of a sudden I've got a decent playlist there and I can just listen yeah. to that instead now, <laughs> which is not great, but there's only so many hours in the day, isn't there? You do get a little bit stuck sometimes in sort of what you know and what you listen to, don't you? It's hard yeah. sometimes. Like when we were talking about you coming on and we were going to do this album swap, I was like, I got, when I first, first thought of it, yeah, I had, I had loads of music and loads of albums I wanted to try and share with somebody who was willing yeah. to do it. And then when it really come down to it, I was like, oh, I don't think I like that. Or <laughs> maybe not that one. No, yeah. I, I don't know. No, I just, I started to struggle really bad. Um, but the, the, the artist we sort of set, that I settled on yeah. was just in the forefront of my mind because he's just done four album, well, four mixtapes throughout April and then released a new album at the beginning yeah. of May. So I saw it was, that. It pretty, was uh, pretty prolific. It was big in my mind, and I, I I listen to him all the time. So it was kind of let's try it, let's see what you think. Yeah, um, because I know you you have sort of you say you say you're into punk and ska, and you have flirted with other genres and and indie That's... music you've listened to. And I know that bits of old sort of hip hop and stuff you you are into as well. So I thought you might you might get some of this. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that that's one thing, I suppose. And it's not really it doesn't really apply to new music as such, but it's one thing as as I've got older, I've just I found myself listening to a lot of stuff that if you'd have asked me, I don't know, 15 years ago or something, when I was a teenager, I'd have been like, no way, never listening to that. It's rubbish. Yeah. But the other day was one like I'm I'm never gonna consider myself to be a massive fan, but I, I was listening to some radiohead. I if you'd yeah. asked me years ago, I'd have been like, no chances, but they were just dull, the boring, obviously. I like punk music. They only play three chords and that's power <laughs> chords and that's it. Whereas now, nowadays, I, well, I mean, it's only surface level stuff, you know, the top probably 10 Radiohead songs. But I'm like, oh, I quite like these, actually. I listen to this a bit more. I can't quite get into Radiohead. Never have been able to. Um, I probably know like one or two of their songs that are on the radio. Excuse me. But I mean, Planet Rock might play one of their songs and I, yeah. don't, I don't know it's them and I think... That was all right. And then they yeah. say it was radio, but I was like, I don't think I like them. <laughs> yeah. I think it all for me, it ended up one time when they were at Glastonbury or something and I just was watching it on telly and I was probably leathered, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but I was just watching it going, oh, I quite like this song. And then the next one comes on, I'm like, oh, this one's going to get catchy as well, actually. And then all of a sudden, you know, I feel like you've only gone through, you know, a handful of songs, but I'm like, yeah. oh, they, they were pretty good, actually. Not bad, they were for try, yeah. I mean, the other thing as well is like, a lot of pop music now. Yeah. Like I'm never, I don't think I'm ever really going to search it out. But if it comes on the radio, I'm like, oh, it's all right. This, it's, you know, it's catchy. There's, there's a reason why a lot of people like it. I think that's that's it, isn't it? And um, like it, it, even with new country music, because I listen to country music quite a bit. And uh, I, we were, my wife put something on the other day. And we were sat there watching the video on YouTube and playing it on the telly. And I, I turned to her and I said, you know, if you took away his accent and his cowboy boots, <laughs> it'd just hat. be a... It, I'm sure it, he's wearing it, a hat. Yeah, oh, yeah, he was wearing a hat. Um, it would just be a pop song. It wasn't a country song. Yeah. It was, it was made to feel country by the way he was presented. And uh, it's just pop music, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, oh, this is my 
confession, I guess now, because before we get on to what we're going to talk about in a bit. Okay. Country music is the one that I know you're kind of really big into. Like, I know you're big into like some metal stuff as well. I'm quite yeah. like that and some rap and I've got into that more over the last five, 10 years. Yeah. Country music is the one that I've never gotten into. Right. I'm not, I'm not going to say, I, you know, I'm not, I don't like it. I'm never listening to it. Cause I've said that before about Radiohead and pop music and everything. And now look at me. Yeah. Apart from, you know, Johnny Cash, I could sit there listening to Johnny Cash to be fair. That's yeah. Feels a given, but you know, other that's than pre- that, that's pretty much where I started. And that's kind of where I stayed for a long time. Yeah. Um, adventured off into a couple of sort of the more sort of rock bands, but their roots are in maybe country, let's say. Yeah. Um, so I experimented with a few of them and there's a few of them that I still listen to now. They've got, you know, 10 albums out or whatever. Um, but I kind of went, you know, I, I like Johnny Cash or Waylon Jennings and I'll stay there or Will and Nelson. I'll stay there because the new country music is shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the kind of opinion on it kind of changed, started to change a little bit. We went over to Nashville in 2019. I've, and, I've heard from you and other people that have been that that is, I mean, it's literally country music literally everywhere you turn. Yeah, it is. But, like, my idea of, we were t- we, actually, we were talking about this last night. We've been sat up at silly hours because we've got a baby and he doesn't sleep. So That's what you do. My wife's just been putting on easy to watch TV. And on Netflix, Ben and Dorm's on there. And we've never yeah. really watched Ben Adorn from the start. So she's just been working that on. We sat there and she was like, would you ever consider going on an all-inclusive holiday? And I was <laughs> just a <laughs> random question. And, uh, and at 3 a.m. you were like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we're going now, we could leave the kids yeah. here. But yeah. um, <laughs> it was... Uh, I mean, my idea of going on, on, like let's say, a holiday or whatever is um, go to somewhere new, somewhere different, and you've experienced their sort of culture and, and a new place but you don't i'm not massive into rocking up at a five-star hotel that could be anywhere in the world and never leaving that hotel do you know what i mean yeah um but part of that is getting out into the local sort of bars and restaurants and how often do you go out to a you go to spain and you go to a out for a meal and they've got a, a bad lion <laughs> no the other the other <laughs> restaurants all right okay <laughs> and you and you there's a guy just play, playing away on the guitar or a piano in the corner and the, or yeah, a, band, yeah. a band comes on. Um, and like when we go out on the rare occasion, we can go out sort of pre-COVID or post-COVID. Um, yeah. We'd always just go out for a meal or just as a date night. And if we stumbled into a bar that had a band on or a guy singing or playing guitar, I'd I'd want to stay there and I'd want to see what that was like and who the who was playing and, and that. And, yeah, and definitely. I think, that's my idea of sort of going out and enjoying myself, really. If I can go out and have a beer, have a laugh, and there's a band on or some decent music at the same time, it doesn't have to be a big, expensive gig. I like that. And Nashville has got a whole major street running through it that is full of yes. it. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, what's that street called? It's quite a famous one, isn't it? Broadway. Broadway, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that must be it, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Broadway. They've got Music Row, which I got confused. Right, with, but Music Row is the old recording studios, which is like that's a, with the the old Grand Old Opry and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Broadway is just bar after bar, and there's just music bands, solo artists. 
Yeah. And then, you know, it's not all people trying to be new country. It's not all covers. It's a good mixture of everything. And um, that's where I kind of started coming around to the idea of, well, let's just try some some newer stuff, and you know. Um, yeah. And then we went to stay with some friends up in Iowa, and that's all farm country, and they listen to a lot of country music. And every time we got in the car, it was a country radio station. So, yeah, we we had a lot of sort of bands that came on there, and naturally we added it to sort of our playlist because that was our honeymoon, big holiday, and, and yeah. it reminds us of that. That's always going to be the memory associated with it, isn't it? Yeah, but through listening to it, you actually realise actually some of this is pretty good. Um, yeah. That's, that's definitely fair. I mean, I, I, I assume that there's like this, this country and this, this country music, like, you know, there's probably some quite good stuff out there that's a little bit different. And then you've got stuff like, uh, was it Garth Brooks and stuff like that? Yeah. See, Garth Brooks, the- I don't listen to Garth Brooks. I don't think I ever have. It's a weird one though. Cause he's a massive selling artist. Yeah. In, oh, yeah. in America. He's I mean, huge. You, you don't you tell me I'm an NFL fan. I, I can't, avoid, I can't, I can't get away from him. Either. Yeah. It's a uh, strange, but I mean like, yeah, there's loads of sort of, country music radio charts saturated with basically pop music with cowboy boots on. Yeah. Which is pretty crap. But I mean, you could listen to it in the background on the radio. You probably wouldn't realize it was playing. Yeah. If you were just driving along daydreaming or whatever, but there are some decent bands that pop out of that or good artists as well that link kind of link the two, maybe a bit of the appeal to a bit of the new, new country audience. But if you listen, if you like older country or you like Johnny Cash, then, you can hear a bit of songwriting in there. There's a bit more yeah. to it. It's not just cowboy boots, beer, yeah. barbecue. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Honky tonk. It's <laughs> <laughs> driving his big truck. It, big truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. down Broadway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. So I'm no expert on it by any means, but um, it is a, let's say it's a genre that's growing for me, but I'm not solely in it. I had a question for you, and now I've, I've forgotten because we we went off on a tangent <laughs> of country about music country for ten minutes. Yeah, right. So I'm my main sort of music influence is probably classic rock, metal, yeah. rap. Yours, punk, ska, bit of indie, maybe. And then, yeah, because that was that was the other thing as well. So when we were what fourteen, fifteen was like when the Arctic Monkeys came along, and we were all hit by it. Then there was five hundred bands who wanted to be just like them, or just you young, you don't ask them, they wouldn't say that, but they were basically just doing the same thing. And we and we bought all our albums and we listened to all of them, probably. Yeah, every and, single one. And, we, and, and we saw to, a few of them. <laughs> I was going to say, went to see gigs for half of them. Or if we couldn't afford or we couldn't get tickets for that gig, we went to see a local a local tribute band that played all of their all of their songs. Yeah, in one. also also happen. <laughs> just be like, yeah, like the greatest hits of all the all the stuff that was out. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was just, so that was then my life, because while that lasted, basically, for the five to ten years, that was huge. Um, and I don't know, I'm trying to remember if Liam brought it up, but then on my, we were on my stag do when we were in Berlin. Yeah. We ended up having to trudge miles out to this bar, didn't we? Yes. That was just miles from anywhere. It took us forever to get there. We had to stop off for a kebab on the way. It took that long to get there. Yes. And uh, and when we got there, you just had this whole night of like mid 2000s indie music. It was all British and I was it was just amazing. I, it was the best because it was all the stuff we were listening to. 
and if, you, if like we've been to a few when uh, we've been to a few friends' weddings and stuff, and uh, late at night when everyone's had a few, and uh, the DJ whacks on some of that. Yeah, every, everyone loves it. It's just Four about fellas. it's our time, is it? It's, a, it's our era, I suppose. Yeah, I guess that's it. And uh, um, as my dad would always say, that's that's my era. That <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm the same. My music influence comes from my dad mainly. Um, but then obviously growing up when I did, same as you, you get into sort of rap, hip hop, a bit of indie and, and yeah. you know, even you just kind of like a bit of add it all in there, don't you kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. And I like I like punk. I just like the don't give a fuck attitude of punk, the anarchy of yeah. it. That's yeah, I, I like that. Like I enjoy that. <laughs> it's just, you know, just just for usually four angry blokes hitting things, be it strings on a guitar or drums or... Or audience members. Or audience members, occasionally, yeah. Yeah, get on Depends the stage on the for a fight. Yeah, I was listening to, a, I was listening to an interview with uh, Seth Rollins and he was, oh, yeah. he was talking about it just became a thing at, at their gigs where, or at his gigs later on, where blokes in the audience would just want to get on stage to have a fight with him. They weren't even listening to the music. They just turn up, wade to the front, get on stage as soon as he came on, try and fight him, and then get yeah. kicked out by the bouncers. <laughs> so, I gotta be honest, if you're gonna try and fight anyone, I don't think I'd be trying to fight Henry Rollins. Henry Big Rollins. Dude, what did I say, Seth? Yeah, is he the he's the WWE star, isn't he? Oh god, I don't even watch WWE. <laughs> Where's that come from? Henry Rollins. Somewhere in there, somewhere in the back of your mind. Yeah, oh dear, that's going to be hard to edit out now. <laughs> <laughs> Just say it and then copy it back in later. Yeah, yeah. Henry Rollins. <laughs> <laughs> that won't sound weird at all. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think I'd want to pick a fight with him though. He always had. A, he had. He went for a, a few years where he was just massive, wasn't he? He had a massive yeah. neck, neck on him. Yeah. His neck, his neck went from his forehead to his shoulders. Absolute unit. <laughs> yeah, they had they had some good stuff. He was pretty decent. Yeah, he wasn't their original singer, you know. No, I heard that in an interview of of it of oh, his. Yeah. Makes sense why he'd say it, I suppose. But yeah, he only he only came along just as they were going to do like the six pack and and. All of that kind of stuff, and yeah, that's, they just kind of exploded when he became the front man. Yeah, he was just sort of bobbing around on the scene and then sort of around bands, wasn't he? He wasn't, yeah, anything much to do with them really. He just really liked music, pretty much, yeah. Which is the dream, isn't it? <laughs> it's one of them things of like, how how did that happen? You just had to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Sid Vicious story, isn't it? It's like. Can't play music, no good no. at it. But you look the part, so yeah, yeah. Come and join this band. <laughs> Malcolm McLaren sort of knew who he was, and that was it. Yeah, yeah. That was never to be for me. That I don't think. <laughs> no, I mean I've never looked the part either. So no, that's it. I mean I've never tried heroin. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it is that kind of thing of like you talk about, you know, time and place thing, and it's like one of the things for me was always uh, there's a decent documentary on it called One Nine Nine Four. Yeah, and it's obviously about like in the after the seventies happened and, and punk happened big time. Then there was kind of the eighties where it all died down a little bit. And obviously you've got you've got bands like the Clash who carried on, and they're another one of my influences because they 
bring in all sorts of different genres and stuff into what yeah. they were doing. Yeah. Um, so they kind of carried on and you had other bands like the Descendants and, and Bad Religion eventually. But then in the early 90s, you get that other explosion and it kind of all comes out of uh, out of like San Francisco and, and California and stuff. And it's, they go on about this one this one uh, place in San Francisco. Yeah. Or like Oakland or wherever it is. It was like one night they'd have like Operation Ivy on, the next night they'd have Green Day on, the next night they'd have this band on. It's just like, can you imagine being there in this 100 you know, capacity venue or whatever? Yeah. Listening to all these bands at the time must have been so surreal. Yeah. But I guess it, it kind of always happens with these things, doesn't it? That's it. I mean, I can't recall ever being at any sort of kind of local gig where there's been a band that's gone on to do anything, but imagine... Imagine you were a fan of that band and then yeah. they blew up. It'd just be just unreal, surreal. wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd be, really surreal. But you'd be gutted as well because you'd struggle to get tickets for them, man. And you've been supporting oh. them from the beginning. Yeah, that's <laughs> when, true. When they were playing the pub at the end of your road. Yeah. You'd be all right now because you'd just be like, you'd get them on Facebook or something and be like, remember me? Remember yeah. me when I was there and there was four other people and a dog? Yeah, I had a pint with you that time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then. So. Yeah. But they might not even get the message. No, they probably just blanked me. <laughs> <laughs> you just <laughs> stood at the stage door like, stage hey, door, do like... you remember me? <laughs> oh, yeah. You're right. You always <laughs> still owe me a pint. <laughs> I've not forgotten. <laughs> Love your music, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Bouncers just caved you in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pushing you out of the way. Like. Uh, so um, good good little uh jump into gigs. Yeah. You you probably gig more than I do more often when you could, but I've certainly been missing gigs, live music massively. Yeah, it's one of them things like I I mean I've definitely tailed off a bit in the last uh, three or four years, probably. Anyway, yeah. I, st- I mean, I still go every one every now and then, and I think it's a little bit down to the fact of like, for me, I much prefer a gig in a tinier venue, like yeah. smaller yeah. the better. Generally, yeah. Yeah. I I don't tend to bother with arenas unless I absolutely have to. You know, it's something that I can't miss. Um, it, yeah, it's hard arenas, isn't it? It's- yeah, I just don't feel like you've got the same atmosphere no. in one of them. Um, so that being said, like generally though, because I'm not all that up on sort of modern music and bands that are coming up like I used to be, yeah, it's really hard then to find what I actually want to go and see at these smaller places. Yeah. And because there's not any that are all that local to us now, I mean, you've, you're generally going to have to drive to get to anywhere pretty much, uh, or get a train more than likely. So it's, yeah. it's not like I can just nip down on a on an evening just to go and see whoever's playing or, or whatever. So yeah, I've probably tailed off a little bit with, with going to gigs and stuff, but over the last year, all of a sudden you tell me I can't go and see a gig. I really want to go. It's the thing I want to do more than anything. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm I was, definitely going to have to be scouring to see what I can find. Yeah. I was talking to Warren about it and he was saying he didn't, necessarily gig that much you didn't go and see big gigs so much or or bands that often 
but he would go and see small local stuff, a bit like what I was saying earlier, just yeah. some guy coming on and playing acoustic when you're just out for a beer after date night with the wife or whatever. And um, <clears throat> I was saying, I was thinking afterwards, after the conversation, I've missed gigs and not been able to go to gigs for, for this year and, and really missed out on it. But my first thought is, oh, well, let's go to a festival next year then. But yeah. It doesn't have to. It doesn't need to be that big, though, does it? It could just be. Well, let's go to some small venues, or yeah. Let's... I mean, even if like we just end up going to, you know, the Sugar Mill's not that far away, I guess. Yeah, it could be a good so night a as well. Pretty good one there. So see some small, but I mean, even the, they're not necessarily all small bands there. They still get a couple of fairly or up and comers, don't they? Yeah, I think the probably the last gig I went to was there, and it was. Um, I don't, if you, do you know Frank Carter? Yeah. Used to be in the Gallows, and then he, he did Pure Love after that. And now he's got a band, the Rattlesnakes. Yeah. Uh, which I know more closer. I know more Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes than I do with the previous two bands. Right. They were a bit closer to the Gallows than they were. Right. Because I got I, I kind of was knew a few Gallows songs, never really a big fan. Got into him a bit more when he did Pure Love, which was yeah. a bit softer around right. the edges, that kind of thing. And yeah. then... They've done the rattlesnakes again, which is more leaning into his his sort of hardcore kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and they were the last band I went to see there. So they're you know pretty big. Decent. Frank Carter's definitely you know decent. Yeah. Put, put his name out there. So yeah. Oh, I was trying to think of what I'd seen him on. Yeah, Prophets of Rage. I was watching something on YouTube of them. Yeah. Uh, a live gig they were doing, and randomly they brought Frank Carter out. Sounds like, like such a yeah, as like a guest on the stage, you come out in a full black and white Adidas tracksuit. <laughs> Sounds like it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just screamed out a few lyrics and did a crowd surf. It was, yeah. it looked like an ace gig. I've yeah. no, no idea why he would be there with them, though. <laughs> Might have been like an was, American festival or something. I yeah, maybe that would explain it if he was on the bill as well with them. But. Yeah, I think probably it was something like that, one of them type of gigs. Um, well, he's he's probably one of the best people to go and see live. Though he's, every single time he does something insane, he looks it. It does look good. Like the first first time I saw him live, uh, I was at a festival in Belgium. Yeah, because uh, one of our friends uh, was living over there at the time, and he was on one of the smaller tents. And he started off with uh, trying to do a mosh pit, but do it as big as possible. So we just had everybody run like a circle pit running around, basically around the edge of the tent and back yeah. in. Yeah. And then he'd have, uh, there was a couple of like in Lilo type inflatable things and him and the guitarist were like, right, we're going to have a race. Everybody's got a crowd surf us around the two poles in the tent and back. So you could do it first. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, he was like, when they were finishing doing the, the last song or whatever, he was like, literally everybody just got up on the stage with them. Right. So it's just insane. It's just like there's well, probably 50 people up on the stage with him as well. Yeah. And then like, what else have I seen? There was one, I think uh, Liam mentioned it actually when he came on, where we, we we did a gig in Manchester where to see him. And that was ace. He did like a bunch of like weird shit and stuff there. Yeah. And then we saw him again, like probably the week later in Chester. And it was like hardly anyone turned up. It was really weird. Just yeah. being at this gig and be like, oh, these are ace, but you know, they need a good crowd and stuff because that's kind of what makes it a lot of time. And then you're looking, yeah. looking around going, when's everyone else going to get here? Like, fucking hell. Uh, so what he did instead was he was like, right, okay, 
uh, we're just going to play it in there then and just got the guitars down, got the drums down and just got everybody down into the floor, into like the mosh pit and stuff and just played the gig there, which was insane. And then he was like, right, get us up on your shoulders. <laughs> just oh yeah, everybody. he did, he did yeah. mention that. Leo mentioned that. That sounds like an ace gig though. It was but just, yeah. Get more than your money's worth from that, don't you? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Especially especially when you turn up and you go, it's not that busy. This this might not be the best night we've had. Have they cancelled it without us knowing? Check your yeah. emails. <laughs> and then the other thing is you think you think he's going to get up, he's going to be like, oh, for fuck's sake, can I be asked for this? But <laughs> apparently Frank doesn't have that mode. He's just like, no, no, we're going to go full, full pelt, whatever way. He's worth going to see then, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. I recommend it. <laughs> Have you uh, have you been to many gigs with your dad? I assume you have. Pretty much, he was for many years my uh, my go to gig partner. Yeah, mostly because he ended up sorting out the tickets and he could drive <laughs> me as well for a long time, which always yeah. helped. Yeah, that's it. Well, until you know, I learned how to drive, and then all of a sudden it was my turn, and he yeah, had to drink. Yeah, to repay. That's it. I remember doing that. Uh, my dad taking us, and he was like, "Could only have one beer if that," and and. A bit reserved, and then I had to, I offered to drive when I took him to a gig, and uh, he was making up for it. Yeah, happened once, did it? Yeah. It was like, yeah, it was like <laughs> I said, oh, the support act's coming back on. He was like, we're all right here. We'll get another one in. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else had uh, kind of gone off. I can't remember who was supported. I can't remember now. I'd have to look that up. But uh, there was two, and the first one we was pretty good, actually. The first one was good. It was the second band that we were a bit like, meh, not really yeah. that fussed. And, uh, yeah, we managed to find a quiet spot near the bar area. Near the bar. And, and we just we just set out camp there. Um, and, then, well, I had one and then was having a Coke, and he was uh, not. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a story a bit like that, because generally, like, if I'm... Because a few years back... Um, if anybody doesn't know me, I broke my leg. And then that's, so it's got like a steel plate in there now, which kind of prevents me from getting in the mosh pit because yeah, yeah. you get kicked in that, you know about it. So yeah. I tend to stay back nowadays. But when I was younger, like you used to just, I was just always straight at the front, just yeah. get in there. Apart from there was one gig I went to uh, once with a couple of friends. And we were like, I quite like this band. It was something to do like on a, I think it was on like a Wednesday night as well or something like that. But, you know, go and see them. Yeah, cool. And we're like, well, I'm not that fussed. I'm not going to get right in there. It doesn't, it's not that kind of band that you're going to be going crazy or whatever at the front. So we were just like, we'll stay at the back. We'll be all right. We'll just stay, stay by the bar. And just got absolutely leathered because you were just like, yeah, I can just stay here. I can just yeah. keep drinking all the way through. And just, yeah. I fell asleep on the train home and, and fortunately woke up just as someone like woke up on the train and someone was like, this is this is crew. And I'm like, oh, thank fuck for that. Yeah, yeah. nice one. <laughs> <laughs> not slept through my stop. <laughs> I've got um, uh, this is another one as well another gig story and it's something I know you've mentioned from, from you mentioned about like uh, bucket list gigs and stuff like that yeah one of yours was because it's not happening anymore is Motorhead yeah so I don't know if I've ever told you but I have actually been to see Motorhead you did tell me yeah you have told yeah. me yeah sorry about that I'm trying to think if there's a band I've seen that you like and there probably isn't <laughs> <laughs> other than the ones I've been with you yeah, I was going to say yeah uh, yeah I, I don't know how old I would have been probably not very it would have been like one of my first few gigs I ended up going with my dad and a bunch of his mates and stuff was it, it was your dad of... was your dad a fan or was it just one of them gigs that comes up and his mates got yeah, a ticket or whatever 
Because my dad's not really into that kind of music either, really. Yeah. But I think he always just quite liked Motorhead. Yeah. Like, like they're pretty hard not to like, I think. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's just one of the things. I just remember going to uh, it was at the Manchester Apollo. And anyone who's who's been there, you know, you've got that balcony at the top. What a good place as well to see him. And it was just kind of like that balcony was bouncing up and down a little bit. And I'm going slowly deaf there at the top. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gutted to missed out on that. I should have. I don't know what stopped us. We were I was texting one of our friends. Yeah. uh, And it was like it was right there. I had I was on Ticketmaster or whatever site it was. Hovering over the order button or whatever, button, yeah. yeah. And uh, for some reason, we uh, do you know what it was? It was a toss up between Motorhead and Jamie T. Oof. I mean, I like Jamie T, but I I do like Jamie T, but I'm a I'm a bigger fan and of where Motorhead were, knowing I probably wasn't going to have many more chances to see them now obviously because yeah. <laughs> that was the last chance and um, we ummed and ahed a little bit we were like because it was a bit more expensive than Jamie T and we were like well do yeah, we want to pay it sense. and then we just weren't sure I don't think and then we were, they just said well they tour every year we'll go next year and we'll plan it better um, I can't remember if it was Birmingham or Manchester it might have been Birmingham so we were a bit like if it was Manchester bit, we probably would have said yes a bit further to go as well we just had to go that little bit further um, and it didn't happen, so there you go. Um, but then the Aussie one hasn't happened yet either. No, that's got to be what is that now? Uh, two years, three, three years. It'll be getting on for three, I think. Will it? No, it must be because we it was Super Bowl weekend, yeah, two in years Man- ago. It would be Super Bowl weekend in Manchester, wasn't it? Yeah, um. Because you lot, we were all got, we all went and stayed over, didn't we? And you were going yeah, to watch the it. Super Bowl. We were going to watch the gig around the corner. We stayed from and the arena. Come to the end of the Super Bowl, and we were going to come and meet you. Yeah, gutted. Um, but that, we was, were, that was like three injuries ago for him as well. That was. Oh, yeah, he didn't have a good run, did he? No. Um, so we'll we'll wait and see on that one. Wait, watch this space. If it ever happens, I'll be loading it up on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> Finally, got to see him. I mean, to be fair as well, there was that thing of like two years ago when uh, when it all kind of fell through a little bit. I was, you know, you're a little bit like, it'll either happen again soon or it just won't happen at all. But here we are two years later and he's still going, so. Yeah, well, just about seen recent just pictures about. of him. He's a bit, he's, he's looking I, a bit old be, and frail I'll now. be still going when this episode goes out now. Oh God, yeah. Just cut that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not because of us. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do it, honest. Oh god! The thing is, we could have had a money back, but we said no. We'll hang on to it, and they just sat um, in a safe place. <laughs> it's like get... everybody's everybody's plane tickets from the last year as well, isn't it? Yeah, but I don't even know if they'll still accept them now because this will be what the second or third time that it was cancelled. So that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I assume they will, but I, don't... I mean, be... you you'd figure they must do, right? Yeah. I'll have to contact them close. Is there any the date for it at the minute? No, nothing. I think they were saying um, 2022, but I don't know if he yet. I don't think he had to finish any US shows. I think they were done. I think it was the rest of the tour. Yeah. Um, and then Judas Priest was supporting, and they said they weren't going to tour on their own. They were going to do it with him, so they were going to wait. 
So I bet they're right, gu- I yeah. bet they're gutted. <laughs> yeah, they're also still uh, still hanging on to the tickets. Yeah, <laughs> still uh, hanging on to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I want to go back to a gig. I want to see a live band, some music, even if we just did something local, like we used to do. It's just, but then I was t- me and Warren were talking about that as well. Local music venues are disappearing. There isn't anywhere, is there? No, and, I don't you know, really. That's this is the thing. Like so, obviously, line like shut for a long time. But we had the box for a while. Yeah, now that's not there. Yeah, that's going to be a car park, and and yeah, I don't really know where we could go now, other than heading to the potteries. And there's there's a couple of places there to be fair, but yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a trek we if could... you just wanted to head out for. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of local pubs that do get bands on a music on sometimes, but it's whether or not them pubs are going to be back up and running and open and doing that same kind of thing when we're well, out of true. lockdown and everything, isn't it? Yeah. It's a good point. And then I suppose we could always look forward next year to maybe a fit a festival in. Yeah, I think I might. I'd be, I up, for it. To. I'd be up for it. Keep me posted on it. Yeah. When they, when they start announcing, I mean... What is it, January and February and stuff? Yeah. I'll have to have a look. Get one in. I fancy that. My so, uh so my festival experience was always was always Leeds Festival. Yeah. Went that every year for probably about five years or something. Yeah. Or with maybe like the one year off. And you came with us that one year, didn't you, as well? Yeah. And then uh after sort of one like I think I'd had a couple of years off that. And uh, one of my friends was like, we should look at like one of these smaller ones. And there's um, there's one, I mentioned it to you not so long ago, I know, but uh, it's one called Why Not? Yeah. That's it's not that far away. It's about an hour away drive. Yeah. And we went there and it's it's much smaller, but it's just way more kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is to be fair, but it's just way more like friendlier, I guess, is, is, in yeah. a way. It's yeah. like... Or way more in, like what I'm into now. So the, a lot of the bands would be not your biggest bands. So they're not yeah. the, the big bands of the day. There may be bands that have been up and are coming down. Yeah. Or you yeah. can you can get new bands that are coming up, and then I could like learn about them a little bit. Yeah. Um, and also, I think from last time they had like a their own like craft brewery had been up there, and they'd got their own stuff as well. So I was like, this is ace. I'm just it, I'm well away. Them little ones are a little bit more uh, inventive with the other kind of entertainment they can get on there. So they do tend yeah. to have like the beer, different beers and and things like that on. And I, I always remember when I worked with somebody I used to work with was always on about um, Cropperdy down in Oxford around, yeah. that, around that way. But it's like a folk music festival. But he was always telling me, because he'd been a few times, that was where he was, he, he was brought up, I think, down there. Right, yeah. And um but he was saying it was a, it was a, like a family friendly type festival, so they had like kids stuff on, and you could camp with the kids and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that'd be good. And it was around the time I was first my first son was not that old, and he was saying how oh, he'd take he'd been one year and took his grandkids and how good it yeah. was. But you get all like the folk bands and stuff on, and obviously you imagine sat 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 watching a, a gig at a festival in the summer, a folk band on, a couple of pints of beer or some real ales on some nice it's pro- if it's folk music surely it's got to be cider could be some nice ciders <laughs> yeah. on yeah and yeah. um yeah so he was always selling that but i've always thought oxford was a little bit too far away but 
Um, I'd be up for. I'm up for a festival at some point, so we'll have to keep keep in contact about that one, and we'll figure yeah. some it's figure something in. Put something together, yeah, yeah. Um, do we want to uh, make a start on this album yeah, review on, stuff then? Who wants to go first? So I chose Yellow Wolf, who is, I suppose, a rap hip hop artist, a rapper. Yeah. Um, originally from Alabama and now based in Nashville. Lots of sort of crossover influence and genres from country, rap, rock, hip-hop, metal even. Um, I was trying to find the right album that I thought you would like. I went with Love Story because a lot of the others were like, mixtapes that he'd done and he was messing around with his sound trying to figure out because he quite a few mixtapes where it was just straight up sort of southern rap right there's some that are a little bit country okay but there's some country sort of band backing yeah uh, music and he's sort of part singing part rapping over it so it was, he was playing with it um early on and then eventually gets signed by Eminem to his record label and puts out his first album, which I think he tried to just put out a rap album. Okay. And it wasn't received too well. And I think he said sort of later in interviews that he didn't like it. So he stayed up. He was still signed. He still had albums to put out on that label, but he mm-hmm. pack, packed up and went back to Nashville and set up camp in Nashville and um, started working on sort of revisiting that sound he was playing with and trying to infuse the, the his music, the, his influences and his likes into what he does now, which is rap and, and, yeah. and, and hip-hop. And Love Story was that album that came from that. So that's why I chose it. I think it, it was the big one that I had listened to him before and his early stuff. And then when that album came out, that was the big one where I was listening to everything he released after it. Um, I, I even, I'm, I've got, um, there's a Yellow Wolf like fan club on Facebook. Yeah. And I went to see him a, a few years ago in Manchester and I joined that group around then. Um, and I even put a comment on there saying, I've got a friend. I'm going to try and introduce him to Yellow Wolf. He's, okay. origi- he's originally a punk fan what do you think i should start with oh, okay right <laughs> and um a lot of mixed a lot of mixed reviews um, yeah. and mixed suggestions okay um love story was on there a few times the, he did do a mixtape just before love story with uh, him and travis barker okay that would have been I, and they're interesting and, uh, i suppose a, a few people said to pick that because of you being a punk fan yeah but i think it's only six tracks or something like that and i thought um, maybe shortchange you a little bit on that. Yeah, um, that's fair. Not getting the full... Uh... Yeah, but if you like him, if the review's good, then you can go back and listen to that one. So let's have your review. What did you think? Okay. Uh, oh, I, will, um, I will just add what I said earlier. Yeah. He was in the forefront of my mind because of releasing sort of four mixtapes throughout April and then a full album at the beginning of May. So I've been listening to a lot of him recently. But he is someone I do listen to a lot just because he mixes them genres that I like. So I'm naturally kind of drawn to him. But um, yeah, I did have other 
things I was thinking of. There was some country rock type stuff I was thinking of maybe putting out to you, but I wasn't sure how well it would be received. Okay. <laughs> well, I, so I say I didn't, I didn't really, after you said about him, I didn't really look it up. I just, you know, quick look at Wikipedia, see what it said kind of thing. And yeah, uh, I sort of noticed that that is, that seems to be like his, like you say, like his first big album as such. Yeah. I guess I was like, I looked at it and went, well, that kind of makes sense as somewhere to start. Yeah. You know, um, the other thing I kind of picked up as well, it was uh, described, like you said, um, Southern rap. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, what does that even mean? Yeah. Like, cause, cause like, I know like uh, Outcast are from like Atlanta, aren't they? And that's, that's in the South. Yeah. Are they Southern rap? Because that um, feels more like just people more like a standardy sort of hip hop kind of. I don't, there's nothing that would distinguish that. Yeah, I think they probably started in that. I think they would have been classed as it when they started. I think Southern rap probably goes back quite some years to that, probably when Outcasts were coming out. And right. um, there was Three Six Mafia from around that time and around that area. And yeah. uh, Bubba Sparks had a few things out. Paul Boy. Okay. There was. There was a few, but they were a bit, if you delved into them and listened to them, there was some good stuff they did, but some of them were a bit, bit like, a bit like country music on the radio. Now it was a bit cheesy and yeah. corny. Do you know what I mean? A lot um, of them are more like names I'm, I've heard of. I don't, I couldn't name you a single song. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? So, so, but I think now there is a much bigger sort of Southern rap scene, which is a lot more, um, what's the word? It's becoming it's more of its own thing now. It's something that is being paid attention to, right? Let's say by other sort of more well-known. Like if you if you think of maybe East Coast hip hop, hip hop or rap, it's yeah. it's becoming more sort of recognised. Let's say, yeah, okay, that as makes as, sense. as as you know, credible like a proper genre type thing. Yeah, more credible and not just a um, um, parody. Artist, doesn't well, it? Yeah, because that's the other thing as well. When you sort of mentioned it to me and you're like, yeah, it's like rap, a little bit rap, a little bit like rock and a little bit country. At first I was like, oh God, it's not going to be like kid rock, is it? <laughs> I was like, really? Yeah, I was dreading it a little bit, I'll be honest. I like that you were dreading it though. Yeah. Um, I, I, like I say, I wanted, I wanted you to like it or I wanted you to sort of say, oh, it wasn't too bad, but I like that you were thinking... Oh, I don't know how this is going to go. Yeah. So what um, did you think? So, yeah, I, I thought, so first off, I, my first sort of thought was, I, it's really noticeable how you, you sort of said it brings in like a mix of different styles. Yeah. So one track is almost like straight up rap. And then yeah. the next one brings in more country and the next one's a bit more rocky. And the next one's all of a sudden it's a bit more hip hop. And it does like from track to track, it did seem to go yeah one to the next, like, you know, almost kind of, chopped and changed in that way. I thought that was really, really interesting. If, yeah. you know, it's not something you kind of hear very often to, to, for somebody to do that kind of, that much chopping and changing. Yeah. Um, my, uh, I think my favourite song on the album was uh, Till It's Gone. Yeah, that's the big I one. Think, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I did I did notice, because like, while I was doing it, yeah. you have Wikipedia open, I did yeah. notice it had been one of the release singles. Yeah, I think it um, got I think it got on the Sons of Anarchy um in, oh, okay. one, in one of the episodes of that as well. 
Um, I can't remember if it was in the background of something playing on that, and it it it, like, it just took off a little bit as well. Right. Okay. Um, I quite like. Um, there's almost like um, like a skiffle almost element to it. Yeah. Which is like another sort of completely different genre that I thought he brought in. That was quite good. I like that. Um, yeah. What else? Um, uh, whiskey in a bottle was another one I quite liked as well. Yeah, I like that one. Yeah, thought that one was quite good. Um, it's one of the, and then all of a sudden, like I say, it was one. Of the, obviously, I didn't know he'd been signed to an Eminem's uh, record label. But I was listening to it going, is that, is that Eminem on this one? Yeah, or, uh, about halfway through the album, isn't it, where <laughs> it just pops up, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah that bloke sounds a lot like Eminem. <laughs> yeah, a minute, let me have a look. He was the only feature on the album as well which is which is quite rare for a rap album yeah yeah to be fair to just have one featuring on there so fair play to him <laughs> yeah um but my i think my my sort of my takeaway in the end i think was i'm not i'm not it's still probably not going to be his biggest fan yeah i don't know if i'm ever going to particularly search this out especially because but that's maybe a little bit on me because there's a lot of bands I actually do quite like and I still don't search out their music nowadays. Yeah, I'll just, yeah. I'll just go back and listen to the same 10 tracks that we were on about before. But, <laughs> no, that's fair. Um, but if it did come on the radio, I don't think I, I wouldn't turn it off, I don't think. Okay. So that's there's at least that. Yeah, that's fair enough, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at least you didn't say you hated it. How many times did you yeah. listen to it, do you think? Uh, I listened to it all the way through once and yeah. then I think I got... I didn't get all. I didn't get fully halfway through. I, I ended up playing a few, and then I skipped a few because I was like, "Oh, I like this one a bit more." I wasn't. Yeah. I knew about this one, so yeah, that was uh, probably not all all the way through twice. But I definitely, I did first first run. I gave it a straight run through. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I think when he released it, and then he toured, and he toured it. He was touring with a live band, so yeah. we went to we went to see him around that time. And it was a it was a good gig because we were say I was saying with um, Liam on the first one where if you get like a, a rap artist that tours with a live band and they have that live element to it and real pretty, real instruments pretty phenomenal um, yeah yeah it was it just sounded good and it was it was good stuff but the the guitarist who was on it on that album and toured with him has gone off now and he's his own solo sort of country artist okay um, he's not a well known he's not sort of country pop let's say he's he's one of the sort of more singer songwriter country artists yeah, yeah. that we were that we were talking about um so he's he's had sort of involvement from people that are actually half decent you know what i mean it's not it's not just country samples and thrown in and sort of kind of thrown yeah. together so um <clears throat> but like what you said about the the mixture of the styles i think he was still playing with the mixture on, on that album, but it was more of what he wanted, I think. Right, I see. He was more happy with it, let's say, than the original than the first album he released on, on the that label. And um I think he confused a few fans. Because <laughs> I think okay. he has Yeah, I of, suppose if you've you've come from one specific yeah. style. I th- I feel like to me it was a little bit of a case of I mean I don't know because it's the only album I've ever listened to by him, but it did yeah. feel a little bit like he was um so stretching his legs a little bit, yeah. Seeing, oh, see if I can do this, see if I can do that, yeah. See what he could pull off and what he couldn't pull off, kind of thing, yeah. I don't know how accurate that is, but well, he's put out albums since that, yeah, have pretty much just been full on rap albums, 
um, with rap beats and rap backing tracks. And yeah, again, I'm a fan. Um, and then he's also done other albums very similar to that, where he's mixed the styles up a little bit. Um, and I think it, so like I say, he did that sort of month of April where he released four different mixtapes and then he's released the full album in May. And yeah. um, I think he's sort of done, I've not read the, I've not read through the full interview, but I saw it pop up on Facebook where he's done an interview and said, oh, this is going to be um, my last sort of hip hop rap album for a while. Okay. Um, I'm going to, like you say, stretch my legs into other things. Right, and reinvent kind of, himself again. And he's kind of just left it at that and... I haven't read the full interview, so I don't quite know what that means. But um, I think he was just like kind of getting to the point where he was mixing, he was mixing it all together, and it was really working. And then there was, you know, I'd read a few things and I'd sort of see where people were liking it and getting into yeah. it. And now he's kind of saying, "Well, actually, I'm done with it now. I'm going to move on." <laughs> I mean, it's, it takes a brave person to do that, but yeah, well, if, if you do it well, it can be really successful. Uh, yeah, and he's he left Eminem's label, uh, I think beginning of this year or end okay. of last year, and now he's he's got his own label and he's doing his own thing in Nashville, based in Nashville. So, um, and I, I, when we were in Nashville, I got to go, I got to meet him. Yes, yeah, uh, I remember you saying actually that was that was one of the other things that I knew about him as well that you'd met. Him. Yeah, yeah. So he's got a shop there because he's got his own branding and clothing line and and all sorts of merch and that. So while I was in Nashville, we were going to go in and get a few T-shirts and stuff and just have a look around. And uh, the day before we got to Nashville, I saw it pop up on Instagram. He did a live Instagram live, and he was saying, "Oh, we're going to we're going to do a cookout, and I'm going to be there, and I'm going to do an album signing." And I was like, "Oh shit, we're, we're going, we're going tomorrow." <laughs> we've got to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and my wife was like, "Yeah, all right then." And we did. We went there, and it was a red hot day. It was dead nice. Had a wander around the shop. Um, bought a few t-shirts bought a couple of albums and um, because it, they, they made it into an event yeah they just had one of them you know the big American coolers that they just filled with ice like a big what are they oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Something yeah. massive and and two blokes come with like three crates in their arms each <laughs> poured all these cans in and filled it with ice and then got the barbecue gobbin while we were all were sat there waiting for him they just said crack on get on with that I was like nice. where do I pay they said no you're okay that's, uh, so I said to my wife, I said, we're staying here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on, on like all these American TV shows and that, they talk about the, the Southern hospitality and that's oh, pretty def- much... Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's funny as well, because from listening to it, and I'll probably get onto this a little bit more with my album, but he definitely okay. sounds like one of them that you can listen to his, his CDs and everything, or CDs, there we go, because I'm old. Uh, listen to his albums and that, and uh, and it's not quite the same as when you go and see him. Like going to see him feels like it'd be another level, just entirely. Uh, yeah, I think he went through. I mean, I've only seen him once, but I think he went through a stage of that. What you're talking about with um, Frank Carter, yeah, um, some sort of wild shows and really getting involved with the crowd and diving in and yeah. mosh, encouraging mosh pits and. All that best kind, kind of good, best kind. All yeah. that kind of good. Well, funnily enough, the, when me and my wife went to see him in Manchester, it wasn't a big venue. It was uh, the Academy Two. Okay, yeah. And funnily enough, again, the other band that I was thinking about sending to you was Blackberry Smoke. Okay. Um, 
I know even less about them. So, and, but they were they were playing at the Academy One, <laughs> wow, okay. at the same on the same night. Um, it was around that same time. I mean, I don't listen to them as much as I do still Yellow Wolf, but um, right. them them two albums that I was massive at that time. I don't know why, but I listened to them pretty much daily all day. Um, but yeah, we went to that gig and uh, it was a small venue, and I thought we'll we'll get a drink. And there was people just milling about. And, you know, when there's gaps in a crowd and you just think, let's get a bit closer, we'll move away forward. <laughs> yeah. So we, we just carried on going and we had a really good spot and we were right near the stage and I thought, this is going to be a proper gig and I've not been for a while. It's going to be good, this. And as uh, soon as the tiny little glimpse of them coming on, fucking went crazy, mosh pit. I wouldn't have minded because yeah. I was there for it. I geared myself up for it. But I, my wife was with me and she was like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> There's people diving everywhere and uh, somebody pushed it, someone like backed into her and I had to sort of move him away and then sort of turn around and give me a dirty look and I was just like, he's standing all over her and he was like, oh no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, then we said, oh, we'll, we'll move back a little bit, a couple of rows yeah. back yeah. <laughs> So we went and stood a bit further back, but it was still an ace gig. I mean, you could have stood right back at the bar and you would have still been close enough to, to the I stage. Mean, it, was, it was a good gig. So that's the other thing, isn't it? Like you say about Academy 2, is another, it's another one of like them great smaller venues because like you say, yeah. even if you are stood towards the back, you're still close enough that you can, you're, still, you're practically in it still. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So that was uh, Yellow Wolf's Love Story album, your little uh, critique. Yeah, um, like I say, I'm not I'm not going to say I'm the biggest fan in the world, but uh, but it was it was a lot better than I was expecting. It's a lot better than Kid Rock. I was expecting you to kind of give that, and I'm quite pleased with it. Okay, I think for a first, like I say, I struggled to find. So, and I mean, next time, like because we might do a part two. Yeah, um, I might find it easier. I might just pick something that I that I like and not. Double question, double um, question myself about what you yeah. might like. Do you know what I mean? And we'll just see how that goes instead. Yeah, I mean, this is the other thing as well. It's like, like you touched on before. We, we, we've kind of we, we've known each other for what nearly twenty years now. Yeah, and uh, we've we've got quite similar music tastes in a lot of ways. So it's generally you were like trying to find something that we've not heard. Like yeah, I'm yeah. Like, oh, for fucking hell, that's going to be hard because you know we've got the same music taste pretty much. It's yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah took some thinking. Um, I so, uh, you were uh, you sounded like you were far more considerate than than I was with my pick to be honest because I've just gone. Well, he's probably not heard of these, and I really like them. So uh, I went with uh, an album called Somewhere in the Between by Streetlight Manifesto. Yeah. Um, you've, gone a little bit, you've, got, you've gone a little bit crackly again. Set it back up and then reintroduce them. How's that? Yeah, that's better. Yeah. The, go again, because this might be the YouTube clip. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, you, you sound like you're a little bit more... Uh, a little bit more sympathetic, a little bit more thoughtful of your pick than I was. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I just went with uh, went with a band that I know I like. They're yeah. not that big, so you, you've probably not heard them. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, I went with 
uh, Streetlight Manifesto, and the album is somewhere in the between. Um, it's like I say, it's one of them that because you've uh, we've, we've grown up together, large part in the last yeah. twenty years or so. So I know we got largely the same music taste, which did make it a little bit more difficult to try and find something. Yeah, but uh, but I thought these these are probably a little bit outside of what you generally listen to. Okay, so that's sort of where I've gone with this now. My introduction to them comes from a previously mentioned band that I'd gone to see, uh, Real Big Fish. I'd gone to see them again much later on after my first gig. And uh, and Streetlight Manifesto was a support act. And uh, I just remember, like, he obviously left some kind of impression on me. Yeah. But there was one, one guy in the audience, and it, I think we were at Liverpool Academy, and there was one guy in the audience who was it was that guy. He had his shirt swinging around his head. <laughs> and he was just going absolutely crazy, street light, street light, and all this. And we were like, who's here for the support act? Come on, mate. <laughs> you know, <laughs> calm down. But he's like, no, no, these are the best. These are the, the best band you're ever going to hear. And I'm like, all right. And like at the time, I thought they were really good. And now I'm kind of like, maybe that guy was right, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I've, I've always put it down like, so been to a lot of gigs frank carter's always an absolutely great gig uh you know i've, I've seen loads of bands that i absolutely love going to see them live and stuff probably one of my top three gigs ever though was going to go and see uh streetlight manifesto right in manchester uh at a place that i don't even think is open anymore sort of just inside the northern quarter um and it was just just this little dungy little place you just went down and like you could almost touch the ceiling kind of yeah, thing from yeah. where you were standing there was a bar at the back and, and then you sort of it was around the corner slightly and then you went into like the mosh pit area yeah and i just remember it just being absolutely just rammed and just one of the bit like there was the sweats coming back down off the ceiling it's one yeah. of them that you know yeah. you know the you know the ones um and it just being absolutely phenomenal it just was an amazing night now a bit of a bit of a backstory on them yeah so they're a band, uh, originally the lead singer was in another band called Catch-22. Right. Uh, they still carried on recording. He left and basically went on to form his own band, which became Streetlight Manifesto. Yeah. Uh, one of their, they've only done five albums in total. Uh, the second album was a cover, uh, an entire like re recover of the Catch-22 album right. that he'd done with them. Okay. Uh, the third album, which is the one I've got you to listen to. Yeah. The fourth album um, was covers of like other sort of smaller indie songs and stuff like that. Right. Not any that you generally know really as well, unless okay. you were kind of really into it. Um, and then the fifth album, but the fifth album took forever to come out because they were in a large... Uh, like legal dispute basically with their record company, right? Uh, Victory Records, and apparently Victory Records kind of it, this wasn't the only band that they did that shit to. Oh right, okay, yeah. Uh, so it took forever, and the the lead singer also does like acoustic stuff on his own kind of thing, and he so it was going to be like a dual release of the album and the lead singer doing an acoustic version of the album the same album at the same time, but the acoustic one never officially came out because the, the record company kind of blocked it. Right. There's all sorts of issues with it. And the, eventually the record company sued them. Um, so this was like the, the last album came out probably like seven years ago now. Yeah. Uh, and I probably, that would have been the, around that time of going to see them. 
And since then, they've, they've done odd shows in the US and maybe Canada, but they've never come over here since. And it's just been one of them things. It's like one day they're going to, they're going to cross the Atlantic. And even if I have to go, like, <laughs> I wonder how far I'd go. I really do wonder how far I'd go to go and see him again. Okay. Um, because, yeah, like you say, it's just been one of those things now. I've seen him, probably seen him about three or four times, including that one where I didn't really know who they were. And uh, So have they become a little bit like your cult, cult hero of a band like Yellow Wolf has for me? I guess so, yeah. Um, it's kind of something you always go back to and it's always there. And Yeah, and it's definitely like possibly down to the fact that, you know, they've only really got five albums, but I can literally stick on any of them albums at any point and just yeah. listen to it all the way through and, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with that. And uh, to the point where I think I may have even used this same album on uh, an episode of our podcast Okay. Uh, we did quite a while ago where the, the three of us from, from our podcast, Liam, me and Dan, all came up with, uh, I can't remember how many albums we did, but we had to pick so many albums that we would we could always just listen to all the way through without skipping a track. Yes, I did listen to it. Yeah, so, uh, but this this album was one of the ones I picked in, in my section on that. And I remember Liam listening to it at the time going, oh, actually, I really like that. And I thought, <laughs> and I had that going through my head when I was trying to think of one to, for you to, to, to pick for you. Okay. So, yeah, they're, they're uh, classed as a scar punk. Yeah. Now, like, so I don't know we get too, too deep in music theory on this, but scars got, scar music's generally had like three distinct types. Yeah. You've got your original stuff that came out of uh, Jamaica in like the 60s. And a little bit to the fifties. It's kind of almost predates reggae. Yeah. Originally. Um, so you've got bands like, you know, Desmond Decker, Toots and the Matals, yeah. uh, Jimmy Cliff, the likes of that, they all came out of that. Now from there, that sort of came out over, like obviously as with immigration and everything else like that kind of came over here in the eighties. Yeah. And you end up kind of with a little bit of a, a mix then you've because you've got like that comes the two-tone stuff yeah, the likes yeah, of yeah. you've got madness and bad manners and that kind of stuff you've also got like uh the beat and the selector and the specials sort of on the more yeah to sort of a, the spectrum of it is kind of and there were a lot of british bands came out then um and so you've got that that's the second version and then the third version is you kind of uh, it, it fuses a little bit with like your skater kind of skater punk and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that came out largely out of America. Uh, you've got a little bit of California, a little bit of Florida and that kind of thing. So you've got bands like real big fish, one of the big ones, hmm. uh, less than Jake, another one, all sorts kind of, you know, it was quite a lot that kind of came out of that as well. Cause yeah. then all of a sudden it was any Tom, Dick and Harry, anybody who's got a guitar, pair of funny glasses and a Hawaiian shirt felt like he could be in a, in a scar punk band. Yeah, it blew up a little bit there, didn't it? And it had um not necessarily a scar punk band, but they might do a scar punk song. Yeah. But that band um, might not carry on with it. You know, it, uh, yeah. yeah, it went like that. Yeah. That'd be a band who would just go, oh yeah, pick up that trumpet. Right. <laughs> yeah. Give that yeah. a go. Yeah. Um, but then I think there's a little bit where Streetlight kind of came out of that um that third wave, as such people called it, hmm. 
But again, I feel like their sound is just different enough that it kind of makes them unique a little bit, um, to me at least. There is a track, I don't think it was on this album I got you to listen to. I think it was on their first album. Let me have a look. No, it's on the second album, which was the, the recut version. The microphone just went there. The recut version, yeah. On the recut version of the, the original Catch 22 album. Yeah. And uh, it's called Ride in the Fourth Wave, the track is. Oh, right, okay. So that was their sort of sort of knowing joke a little bit that they're trying to be the next version of put Scar slash yeah. punk music. So yeah. So yeah, that's my uh, my introduction and sort of a brief overview of them. Okay. What uh, what did you think? This is where I'm a little bit nervous now. Yeah, a little bit nervous now. You do yeah. you do think that way, don't you? Think ah. Oh. It's just going to be like, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely awful. Um, <laughs> no. Do you know what? I, I, like you, I played it all the way through, um, start to finish, first time round. Um, just the opening 30 seconds, not even that, I thought, this is very Aaron. <laughs> you, couldn't, that. you couldn't have picked a more you album for me to listen yeah. to to be honest I don't think um, that first op- that opening track I haven't even written the name of it down but that opening track I think was a good overview of the album yeah um, I was listening I listened to it for, all the way through and I thought I liked I liked it and I could I could listen to them. I yeah. could probably pick out a few of their songs and add it into my playlist. But as I was listening through the album, I thought this could all be a little bit samey in parts. The yeah, first, the first time that's, around. That's fair. I mean, I, I think it's probably their probably their least varied, I think, album. Right. Okay. Uh the first album has definitely got a few more. I mean, they're not, they don't get that out there, to be fair. It's yeah. not, you know, complete yeah. clash style, but yeah, it messes with tempo and stuff like that. Whereas yeah. I think generally that, that album that I've got you to listen to there is pretty consistent throughout. No, I, I think as I listened to it more, I was picking out the different songs that were kind of touching something within me that I thought, oh, that's a bit, I like that one. Yeah. Um, but then with you saying that the lead singer did a bit of his own stuff, and did you say he was acoustic, did some acoustic stuff? Yeah, yeah. So in the songs I've picked out, it's some of that that comes through that I'm listening to that I can hear a little bit different. Okay. And they were more, they, they stood out a little bit. So I've got, what did I get down here? I've got um, One Foot on the Gas, One Foot in the Grave. Yeah. I like that one. Is that, that's the one with the, the intro. It's a little bit slower, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and then it jumps in and yeah, go. I can see where this band in a small venue would be an amazing gig because if you if you've had a few beers and you're up for a good night and you, and you like this music, it's just going off and it in the mosh pit. It's I can see yeah, how it would it. be it would be a good gig. Yeah, um, exactly. Um, somewhere in in between as yeah, well. Yeah, probably my favourite song on there. I think that, to be fair, I like that one. Um, and then more so, sort of today, really, that I was listening to it, 
down down to Mephisto Cafe. Yeah. And 40 days. Yeah, for, I guess 40 days is probably the one that is the most different on that album, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, is that the it's, that, and it, that's the one where it's a bit more of him? Yes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, him singing, isn't it, before it kicks in? Yeah, that's yeah. the one. And uh, and it's funny as well because they they seem to have some sort of in joke that uh, that the track the blonde lead the blind right. is sort of a bit of a joke album, a bit of a joke track for them. And I'm like, oh, I always quite like that song. Yeah. I thought it was it's probably not my favourite on the album, but it was good enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, it was because one of them. I think I remember seeing that they did a like a Facebook post or whatever, when when it was such and such an anniversary for this album, they're like, right, we're going to play it all the way through. Yes, even that song. And it's like, okay, I quite like that song. You can do it for me. <laughs> yeah. I'd enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think overall, I liked it. Yeah, there wasn't anything, I could, other than saying if I had to listen to it start to finish again, it might be a little bit samey, is probably as bad as I can say about it. Um I could pick out them songs that I've mentioned. I could probably add them to my playlist, and when they pop on, I wouldn't turn them over. Yeah. Um, but then I do, I do find that with some punk kind of bands I've listened to, I find a similar thing. It can it, you listen to a whole, even even Motorhead, some of their albums. Listen to a whole album of them, start to finish. It gives you a bit of a headache sometimes. Yeah. But, um, so you can just kind of jump in and out of it and pick the bits out that you like. You know what I mean? I mean, yeah, I, this is that's fair. Um, this is one thing I actually noticed as well. I was going to say, because like, if you get a punk album, generally you're going to get, what, 10 to 13 tracks? Yeah. They're all going to be about two and a half minutes long? Yeah. You're in and out in half an hour. Yeah, yeah. That was one thing I saw. I picked that up on the, the Yellow Wolf album was that uh, it was, what, like 18 tracks, I think, in the end? I did, I did notice that when I picked it. Yeah, and I was a bit, I've got to be honest, in that sort of 12 to, to maybe 13 onwards, that sort of range. Yeah. It's a little bit, the mind wanders a little bit. I've yeah. kind of, uh, yeah. And then I thought, oh, I've, I've probably shortchanged myself here. He's given me an album that's an hour and a quarter long, and I've mine's only 45 minutes. Yeah, I did think, I, could, I suppose I went from possibly picking that mixtape with Travis Barker. <laughs> yeah, too short to. <laughs> Full full length albums, maybe a bit too long. Even um, one eight, 18 tracks long. <laughs> but um, yeah, I liked it. I'd, That's I'd, all right, then. I'd heard of them. Probably uh, through me because I never shut up about them. Yeah, well, then, like I said to you, I, I couldn't name you a song before you suggested this album. So I heard of them, couldn't suggest, I couldn't tell you a song. Never seen them anywhere, I don't think. Not even, you know, like the Glastonbury or. Anything yeah, like that, yeah, live, I mean, live things that come up on YouTube, nothing, never seen, noticed yeah. them. I, I, so I did, uh, I did actually look at some on YouTube and stuff, and it's there's a, there's a few odd videos, but I feel like you've got to like search them out. They're never any like festival videos right. or anything like that. They're right. always just their gigs, and like you say, they've done in the last at least five or six years, they've done odd shows here and there. Yeah, uh, in the states particularly. Yeah, I think they've kind of. They've not split up, but they've they've gone on and got their own things to do and stuff, and it's just getting a little bit more difficult now. So it's every so, year, every year that gets passed, I'm like, well, maybe I'm never going to see them again, which is a bit so, of a shame. But. Sounds like that record label has screwed them a bit as well. Yes, big so time. Maybe they can't afford to get back out and do gigs over here. 
Um, yeah, pr- probably. I mean, I can only imagine it must cost a lot of money to, to yeah. ship all your stuff over and stuff and that. Um, <laughs> Getting off topic for a second, have you ever seen that An- Anvil uh, documentary on Netflix? I haven't, no. I've been meaning to watch it since it came out and just oh. never got around to it. Watch that. That's... Um... I, that, from my understanding, that's more. It's like a real life version of uh, Spinal Tap, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah, 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 yeah. But there's a, there's a bit in it where they travelled over to Europe and they're doing some obscene gig in the middle of Europe with this new manager that they've got that promised them all sorts, and uh, they turn up to the gig and there's no one there. If I can remember rightly, they turn up to the gig and there's no one there. Then they ask the guy for the money back, and he's like, "Oh no." he's trying to get out of it and the guy just grabs him by the collar and is like, like, you think we've fucking travelled all the way across the world? <laughs> Give him a fucking money and he really loses it. It's like a bit of proper documentary where you see like the yeah. struggles of it because they're, they're 20 years out of yeah, you know, out of, peak time should have been, you know what I mean? Yeah. They were, they were uh, I remember, I remember when, when it came out, people were saying that like, it's it's just this side of like parody almost like yeah. some of the stuff that goes on in it is just like totally outlandish, but it's all actually real and stuff. Anything and everything that goes wrong or could go wrong to a band happened to them. They were all they were there just the very nearly men. Yeah, uh, throughout the whole thing, and uh, it's an interesting watch. It's worth watching. But check um, it out. It's, it's on Netflix now. It was on Netflix. I don't know if it's gone off there now, but That's, yeah, fair. Have, have a look for it. Um, but that was a similar thing. They they got screwed out of albums and record deals and all sorts and just didn't end up with a pot to piss in at the end of it. And they were just scratching around trying to find promoters in Europe that might just fund them a, a plane ticket or at least put a gig on if they could get the money together to get over it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so when you were saying about that record label screwing uh, Streetlight Manifesto, it just sounds something similar and something that obviously years later still gone, still gone on in the industry. That's just sort of killed a band really. Yeah. I think it's one of them things as well. Like they've, uh, they have slowly gotten better with it. So like to the point where not long after their last album came out, obviously they went and toured it and everything. And then they just told any of their fans, like just don't buy our albums because we're not seeing Uh, the money. It's going straight to the, the record company and, we ate them because they're screwing us over basically. Um, But then in the last, probably like two years ago or something, they managed to buy all their, because obviously they're out of the contract by this point, but they managed to buy all the masters from the record company. So they started like reissuing the albums and stuff through their own, their own store and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, it feels like things are getting better. It's just taking its time. Nails pace. Yeah. Well, hopefully they manage at least a gig over here or something. Well, fingers crossed. I got a feeling that if I have to go to like Glasgow or whatever, you're probably not gonna probably not gonna tag along for that one. You'd be surprised, I might. <laughs> Depend if it's the first gig you go to. Yeah. If I was ne- if I was next year or like the end of this year. Yeah. Sign me up. Fair enough. Get me out of the house for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> um no, do you know what? I think there'd be a good band to see live. I would, I would go and see them. You know, if it wasn't costing a fortune, but I yeah. think, like, <clears throat> if they did some obscene, strange gig over here, like on the south coast, just because that's the only place they could afford to get to or something. Yeah, and we had to go down and make a weekend of it or something. I might be up for that. 
Worst, there are worse things to do, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, and, and like you say, it's like I said before when I was saying about. I can imagine it's with the Yellow Wolf. They are another band that, like you say, is just listening to them live. It's enough. Like listening to them on a on a album, whatever. Does nothing compared to listening to them live. Yeah, they've got that live band quality. That definitely. Sort of, yeah, mm. I think a lot of my favorite album uh, bands do that. To be fair. Yeah, I'm probably a bit similar, yeah. But again, is that because I've gone to Seal? I don't know. Yeah, try and figure that one out. I don't know. What are they my favourite bands because I've gone to Seal more? <laughs> yeah. Or have I gone to Seal because they're my favourite bands? That's it. Them ones you've seen live always rise to the top, don't they, a little bit? Generally. I will yeah. say I've seen some bands that have been not that great live. Yeah. Hmm. Which Sometimes is... That, so uh, this is... Uh, I know we're sort of getting towards the end now, kind of thing. But this is going to be yeah. my one, uh, my one, and I think I think Liam brought it up. I'm not sure if Warren did as well, but uh, it said he really liked going to see Muse. Right. Yeah. And ev- everybody you speak to says, "Oh, they really like going to see Muse." Yeah. Now I only saw them at a festival. Yeah. And it was raining, so I'll caveat <laughs> it with that. Okay. I really didn't like it. No. No, I quite like Muse. I quite like listening to Muse. I quite like, and it probably leans into the fact that again, I'm a fan of punk and ska music, and their songs are like three three minutes long, yeah. if that. Yeah. But when you've got a, a good four minute Muse song and it takes them twenty minutes to play it live, I'm like, okay, lads. I'm, yeah. Let's, let's wrap it up. Come on, <laughs> do the next one now. <laughs> but that's me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't, I've, I've not seen Muse live, or not. Um, I don't think I've ever been close to seeing them live, but yeah, I say it was just. I think they were headlining a festival one year, and it was everybody says how great they were. I thought it's it's one of them bands. If you saw it on a lineup of a festival, you'd probably say, "Oh, yeah, we'll probably got should see them." Yeah, um, but um, like you say, stretching out a song to twenty minutes because they want to fit in a few solos and stuff just for the sake of it. Yeah. Uh, Get a bit bored of that after I'm the first not a, one. I'm not a big fan, yeah. That's it. But <laughs> yeah. each is to their own, I suppose. Interesting like, though, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Well, I've enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been a good chat. Interesting spin on it by having some some sort of research behind the scenes that was easy and fun to do because uh sometimes I try and do a little bit too much research, I think, and uh make it too complicated for myself. But yeah, I know what you mean. All we had to do here was listen to a bit of music, which is always nice. Yeah, and it's uh, it is good to to listen to something different as well. Yeah, I am. I do very much get stuck in my. I'm going to listen to the same, same the same pop, pop, uh, playlist I've got on Spotify, and just yeah. keep listening to them same ones over and over again. So we could we could possibly do a part two at some point. <clears throat> um, yeah. I'm gonna to have to have a. I'll have to have a think about this. We'll have now. a think because it might be too close. But um, yeah, let's have a think on that one and see what happens. But we could maybe fit in a part two, and we could look at. I did mention, didn't I, about doing a British one? But it might be tricky. I feel like British ones are definitely more tricky because I feel like that's where more of our tastes overlap as well. Yeah, yeah, but there probably is some that you are more of a fan of than I am. I might know who they are and have listened to something, but I might not have listened to their first album, for example. Yeah, that's a good point. I might just like the newer stuff. So we could we could work something out. We'll have a think about it. Yeah, we've got time. 
yeah, we'll let this one uh, simmer for a little bit and then we'll think about yeah. part two. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I know Liam did it, but do you want to plug and tell us about your podcast and what you've got coming up? And I know you were involved in another podcast as well a little bit. Yeah, so uh, like I say, Liam has previously been on the podcast. It, him and I and another friend of ours, we do the Let's Talk About Nothing podcast. Yeah. Um, we we're going to have to get you on it, to be fair, at some point. Yeah, we did talk about it at the very start when I started this, didn't we? Um, yeah. Because getting to that thing where getting us all together is getting difficult. So adding another schedule might be proof tricky, but we'll figure something out. We'll definitely have to get you on at some point. Yeah, we'll arrange something. It would be, yeah. ni- be nice if we could um, arrange something where we could all be together in one room. But I mean, hopefully now. At some point. Some point soon. Figure something out. Whether that yeah. makes it more tricky to actually record a podcast that way, I'm not sure. Um, we should be all right because that's how we started out doing it, to be fair. Okay. Just pre-lock. I mean, most of our episodes have been since lockdown. Yeah. But uh, we did get a few in pre-lockdown kind of thing that, that we've we were able to record in one room, which uh, which is quite good. Uh, yeah. Yes. So if anybody is interested, that's our yeah. podcast. Uh, we're on we are on Twitter as well, which is at LTAN Pod. Um, and then let's see, you mentioned as well. I have guested on another podcast, um, yeah. which is the Railway Men podcast. It's a Crew Alex podcast because I'm a Crew Alex fan. Yeah. Um, and. Yeah, I'm one. Of, I'm not uh, less less to do with the running of that one, but I, I've featured on a few episodes. Uh, generally, they do episodes covering that week's game, and you know we talk about that and, and everything. But but recently as well, he has uh, the guy who runs it, Stu. Um, he has been able to get on uh, previous sort of players, managers, that kind of thing, uh, people associated with the club, and then you sort of go on, you speak to them as well, which has been like really interesting. Yeah, for me, because I've, I've been a fan growing up as well. And they're, they're the ones I've listened to and they are really interesting. I mean, it makes sense. I can I, I recommend that for anybody who's sort of just had a passing interesting crew rather yeah. than like, if you're not watching the games every week, there's not much point in listening to the, yeah, you know, the week in, week out ones, I guess, unless you just want to listen to me again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but then, uh, but then, like you say, the ones with the ex-players on, some of them are even, you go on to things that they've done outside of crew as well. I know that we had, uh, they had a guy called Justin Cochran on, yeah. who uh, had been a crew, crew Alex player sort of 10, 15 years ago, and he's now involved in the England setup. And I'm not sure, but at one point he was favourite to be the next England under 21s manager. Oh, right. Okay. So, you know, it, it sort of branches off in that way. So it's just yeah. anybody's sort of got a passing interest in football almost could, could probably get something out of it. Yeah. You do, so, yeah. You do find that a lot of ex-crew players venture off to all sorts of weird and wonderful places, don't they? Well, that's true as well. I mean, obviously, you know, we've got we've got a bit of a legacy as being a, a, a developing club. We've yeah. developed a lot of players who've gone on to play championship, if not higher. Yeah. Um, namely, you know, the likes of Robbie Savage, uh, Danny Murphy, Dean mm-hmm. Ashton, Neil Lennon, obviously go back, David Platt as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've not quite managed to get any of them on yet, but watch this space, I suppose, for it. You never know. They would be really interesting, wouldn't they? I mean, not that, yeah. they, not that the other ones aren't interesting. They are, but um, I've, you know, grown up with, with crew and used to go and watch them as a kid with my dad. Um, so 
obviously that's of interest to me. But um, yeah, any of them kind of people that went on to do bigger things um, have have got a a bigger trail of sort of interest and fans behind them, haven't they? So they can sort of bring that forward and link that to lots of other bigger audience, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Have you um, have you got anything in particular you want? You've got coming up on the podcast that you want to tell anyone about, or sneak peeks, or have you just uh, are you just taking it as it goes? I know you. I listened to your last one, the football one. Yes, uh, which was I found myself sat there listening because I know you felt like I was involved in the conversation, and I felt myself saying no. No, he, he shouldn't. He shouldn't be in the team. You've got to put him in. <laughs> um, yeah. So that one, um, which will be a couple of weeks old by the time this one comes out, was yeah. we sort of took uh, we took the top, in theory, top thirty-two teams in Europe, and decided decided to take three players from each team: forward, midfielder, and defender, and then pit them against each other in like a random order in a bracket. Now, yeah. the, the first episode was just deciding on the teams and the players to be in them teams. Um, and that took long enough. Yeah. So uh, we decided to split it into two parts. The second part, which possibly also might be out by the time this podcast comes out, but that's uh, that's an interesting one. I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay. Yeah. That's good then. Um, I was thinking, I did make a few notes, and I deleted them because I thought there's no point sending them to you because you've already finished and put that podcast out. There's no way you're going to change it. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be good to hear people's feedback nonetheless yeah but um, I thought you had to fit Zlatan in um, and you could have put Ronaldinho in yeah you could have put him in PSG because you could I did look at some stats and I thought Verratti's a good choice at PSG and although he's been there a lot longer and he's had a lot more appearances I think he's scored 12 less goals than Ronaldinho did in like only, interesting. In only 55 appearances. So yeah. he, he could have gone in and then um, I'm just yeah, I'm just hijacking your podcast now. Yeah, um, it's funny because you never really like, I never really think of Ronaldinho as being a, a PSG player, but I suppose you've got, we always think of Barcelona Bar- first. Barcelona, yeah. Maybe Milan as well. Yeah. I mean, that's where he ended up, wasn't it? But but then I suppose if you did put him in, he, he might rack up some more points in that next round. So maybe it's best he's not in. Yeah. You're following <laughs> the Liam line of thinking there, aren't you? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I've, yeah. never, I've never really revealed on this podcast who I actually support. So we'll keep well, it we'll keep an unbiased. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, keep keep the fans on your side. That's it. Yeah. Don't don't do it, Liam. That's my advice. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't shout too loudly one way or the other for, uh, <laughs> for for this this podcast in particular. So um, I hope I hope I haven't put off any people by announcing that I'm a crew fan anyway. <laughs> fairly unoffensive club, really, aren't they? Well, depends. Depends who you ask. Oh yeah, fan, fa- fans. Anybody, anybody in the potteries or yeah, yeah. But we're not talking like. Giant swaths of fan bases, probably yeah, not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway. Anyway. Yes, okay. it's been good to talk to you anyway, mate. Yeah, it's been interesting, that one. I think uh, we've had a little bit of fun with it and uh, changed it up a little bit, and yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, definitely. A bit of uh, see the other side of, of kind of your music interest that, that 
you know, although we've got lots of similarities and we've lots in common, um, it's nice to try something different. Yeah. And if you, you know, when we're all allowed to meet up again and you want to come around and we'll be mixing and having a barbecue or whatever, and my playlist is on, you never know. You might. I'll be like, oh, sure oh. that manifesto might pop up. Yeah. That's, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be impressed to. Yeah. Yeah. The yellow was definitely par- paraphrased. Will. I was going to say, yeah, I'll be like, oh, I know this one now. Yeah. Oh, I remember this. <laughs> right, mate. It's been yes. good to talk to you. Yeah, you too. All right, then. Cheers. I'll speak to you in a bit. Yeah, speak to you soon. See you later.